Not a blade of grass, not a hint of green. Like the planet Mars, nothing but stones and pebbles and the empty sky overhead. For kilometer after kilometer. For eternity, it seemed. Finally, the man brought the car to a stop near the foot of a steep, bare, rocky hill. Its wheels came down crunching on the stony ground. Then silence, except for the eternal keening wind. He got out, shivering slightly as he realized that the breeze was cold. The night was coming on. Zippering up the light windbreaker he wore over his corduroy slacks and thin cotton shirt, he slowly, patiently began to climb the hill. The loose scrabble of dark pebbles slipped and clattered beneath his suede boots. He dropped to all fours and doggedly made his way to the crest, some sixty meters above the roadway. At the top, he straightened and looked out across the waterless plain. Despite himself, his breath caught in his throat. As far as the eye could see stretched the lines and figures, hundreds of them, thousands of them, extending in every direction across the stark plain of Nazca. Animals, birds, triangles, circles, an enormous rectangle, all crisscrossed by lines as straight as any modern surveyor could draw. The work of countless centuries ago. The only sign that life had ever existed beneath this empty copper sky. With eyes that went beyond normal human vision, the man saw the drawings with perfect clarity in the last rays of the dying sun. The giant spider, the monkey, the frigate bird with its puffed-up throat, the killer whale. He sought one particular line, as straight as the division between good and evil. In the dying golden light of sunset he found it, bright as silver against the darker, rocky desert. It stretched out toward the flat emptiness of the western horizon. The man felt his pulse racing as he waited. Slowly, with the dignity of a god, the sun came down and touched the horizon. Exactly where the line touched it. The man breathed a long sigh of contentment. Midsummer's day. He could sense two of his brothers, each of them half a world away, sharing this moment of serenity and cosmic understanding. We have done well, my brothers, he said silently, and he felt their answering smiles in his soul. It was hard to believe that only a year ago he had never heard of the man Stoner. Only a year ago he had been an ordinary human being, no better or worse than billions of others. But then Stoner had changed him, and the whole world. Book One Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. Chapter 1 
The sudden heat was like a sodden, muffling blanket that weighed so heavily he could hardly breathe. Juan de Sagres gasped and felt sweat streaming from every pore of his body as they struggled through dense jungle foliage. Franz slapped at his face. Birds cawed and shrilled overhead. The ground was spongy, squelching underfoot. His expensive silk suit was drenched in seconds, stained and ruined. He dared not even to glance at his muddy shoes. Yet the man-stoner seemed perfectly at ease in this dripping, raucous, sweltering tropical forest. Hardly a gleam of perspiration showed in his intense, dark-bearded face. "'Where are we?' the Sagres asked in a whisper. "'Almost there,' said Stoner. "'How did—' Stoner silenced him with an upraised hand. On a branch high above, a long-tailed monkey stared solemnly at them, then disappeared among the leaves in a blur of motion. Get down, Stoner.